Welcome to this third episode of the Thoughts from the Glen podcast, your stop for discussion concerning meaningful topics in life. I'm Jason Truett Glenn, and in this episode I'll be discussing the seasonally appropriate controversial topic among many Christians, Halloween. The title of this episode is Halloween, Holy, Satanic, or Just Plain Fun? I've written and argued a good deal about this subject over the years, and I actually wrote an encyclopedia article on American uh, Christian holidays that included a section on Halloween. So it's a topic that I continue to find interesting and meaningful. Although I have a very clear conviction concerning whether my family should celebrate Halloween or not, it's not a conviction I came by lightly or quickly. And like most of the major spiritual convictions in my life, there are some interesting stories to share. When I was a young boy, demons were around every corner. I became cognizant of the spiritual world soon after coming to faith in Christ Jesus in 1981 in Manitou Springs, Colorado. Manitou Springs was notorious for witchcraft and occult activity, even back in the 70s and 80s, and I must admit I saw some disturbing stuff. It was more than just your average spiritual warfare conversations and warnings present within fundamentalist and evangelical Christian communities. I distinctly remember watching a man in a restaurant, for instance, attempting to cast a spell on my mother from across the room by using a somatic component or or a hand gesture. My mother was visibly disturbed, and my father got up and went over and rebuked the man, who then cussed us out uh, as he ran out the door. I also remember finding a satanic Bible up in the mountain behind our church, which we burned for good measure. Uh, a woman one time came into our church as the surface was ending and, and approached my father and took a swing at him. Uh, all these occurrences were coupled with engagement with people with intense anger issues, alcohol and drug addictions, and givers and takers of domestic abuse. These experiences helped frame my understanding of the spiritual world and possibly helped initiate a struggle with fear that I had for the next 10 years or so. There was the Wicked Witch of the West who occupied my coat tree at night. There was the frequent dreams I had of being chased by a Freddy Krueger-type character around my grandparents' house, always just barely escaping his butchering knife. I had a fear problem as a child that was uniquely fixated on the demonic. This fear was amplified even more when revivalists came into town and spoke about the demonic presences in some of my toys, such as Smurfs which I then had to get rid of. We could certainly do a whole episode, I think, on the effect that that 1986 book, Turmoil in the Toy Box, had on thousands of fundamentalist Christian families across America. But we'll leave that for another time. As much as the 1982 movie E.T. tried to mainstream Halloween for all America, with its cute alien Reese's Pieces and Drew Barrymore, it didn't work for my family. My parents had begun to celebrate Halloween early on in their marriage with my older brother a few years before I was born. They said that they went out trick-or-treating with him one Halloween when he was three or four, and as they looked around and at the relational and emotional context of what they were observing and experiencing, they just had a bad vibe about it all. 
So they started looking up the tradition, and well, you know the stories they found concerning the origins of trick-or-treating and jack-o'-lanterns and such. So by the time I was born in 1975, my family didn't celebrate Halloween. The experience we had in Manitou Springs didn't help matters for them or for me, but that wasn't the end of it. We moved to Flint, Michigan around 1985, and my brother and I had a, a rude awakening in the public school system there. Despite the evangelical stronghold in Grand Rapids, Michigan was very Roman Catholic with touches of Lutheran, Methodist, and Pentecostals. There were some Baptists there, but not many. Enough, apparently, for my father to land a pastorate at the oldest and one of the largest Southern Baptist churches in Flint. But even the congregations of this Southern Baptist church were far more liberally and culturally minded than our family. And word got around the church and schools that we were legalistic freaks, for lack of a better term. Halloween was a big season of celebration within the public school systems of Michigan, and and I was prohibited by my parents from participating in classroom activities that had anything to do with Halloween. I remember cutting out paper pumpkins and fall leaves while all the other kids made jack-o'-lanterns and drew decorations with witches and ghosts. I mean, it was, it was a part of the curriculum. I had to be given alternative assignments. The tension was thick in the air for a few October weeks each year. But in Flint, there was a bit more going on. Some of my older listeners will remember the movie The Crow with uh, Brandon Lee, which was centered around Detroit's Devil's Night. That same Devil's Night uh, culture was present in Flint, Michigan, and the worst transgressors of Devil's Night, teenage boys, knew who my family was. We were the weird conservative Christian Baptist family that didn't celebrate Halloween, didn't drink, didn't watch PG-13 R-rated movies. We were prime targets for Devil's Night. Thankfully, the worst of it was having our house and cars egged. We would get our yard and trees teepeed as well, of course, but having your house and car egg isn't cool at all. On Devil's Night and, and uh, Halloween night, we'd bunker down in our basement with all the lights off in the house and ride it out like, a, like it was some sort of tornado. As a fourth and fifth grader, this violent atmosphere around Halloween made a significant impression which only continued to pique my curiosity over the years. By the time I got to Texas A&M in the fall of 94, I was ripe to try new things and test old boundaries. Ironically, I had entered an ROTC unit within the Court of Cadets that had a very significant tradition associated with Halloween, the Flight of the Great Pumpkin, and it was an intense tradition. I won't go into details, out of respect for my former classmates, but there were disturbing and grotesque practices associated with the tradition. Even the public side of the tradition was violent in nature, as the juniors and seniors in the unit painted their faces, lit torches, and escorted one of their own with an extremely large jack-o'-lantern on his head down the quad to the band units in order to try and throw this pumpkin into their dorm. This often resulted, as you can imagine, every year in a physical altercation between the two sides. Because of my membership in this unit and because of the satisfying, violent aspects of of this tradition, I flirted with Halloween for a few years. But I ended up getting kicked out of that unit for hazing, and I was no longer invited into their ceremonies. 
and thus my fascination with Halloween waned. When I went through my significant time of repentance in 1997 and 98, I once again returned to a general distrust of Halloween. As it worked out, uh, I started working at two different Christian bookstores, and I also began reading and researching about uh, more about Halloween. Ashley came from a family that had an, an off-and-on relationship with Halloween, and she celebrated in, in college. So I had to share and convincingly argue my perspectives with her as we approached marriage in hopes of starting a family. And this is where we get to the more academic side of the issue. My parents may have told me when I was young, I don't know, but I honestly don't remember associating Halloween much with the Roman Catholic tradition of All Saints Day. And even if they did tell me about it, I I believed at the time that most Roman Catholics and mainstream Protestants were headed to hell, so it made sense that they celebrated a pagan holiday. But working at those uh, two Christian bookstores and meeting more and more individuals from different Christian backgrounds opened up a world of new information for me. I was completely unaware of what the Reformation was. And it, and again, it didn't much matter because when I was a boy, I thought most Lutherans and Presbyterians weren't really Christians. With my newfound access to a wide variety of Christian books, I soaked up works on Roman Catholic and evangelical differences and ecumenical efforts. I re-examined my understanding on the demonic and spiritual warfare, and I dove into the history of, of the church and the Reformation and, and started connecting dots that I'd never connected before. It was a rich time of learning and growing and understanding, drawing new lines and and reasserting old ones. When I learned about European pagan religions and their fixation on on certain seasons corresponding with various movements in the spirit world, Halloween made far more sense to me. The idea that these old agrarian and hunter-gatherer societies believed that spiritually dark forces threatened them as an environment grew cold and dark each autumn made far more sense. Then I learned about how Pope Gregory III switched the remembrance in Rome for the martyred saints, the Feast of All Saints, from May 13th to November 1st, around AD 734, and, and then subsequent popes began to mandate that every Roman Catholic church throughout the world observe November 1st as All Saints Day such that there was uniformity by the 11th century. While there is some debate on the intentions behind this move, it is commonly understood that it was at least in part a strategy to get European pagans to more thoroughly accept Roman Catholicism as their religion, dropping their old pagan ways. For instance, Samhain, the god of death and the symbol of the end of summer within Celtic societies, Gaelic societies, who who was celebrated on November 1st. This was like a a New Year's celebration for the pagans, but one with very strong and dark spiritual meanings, as they believed that the, the disturbed spirits of the dead were allowed to wander the earth on the night of October 31st, seeking revenge and hurting those who wronged them when alive. There was a lot of good bad luck associated with this night, and across several different European cultures, there were Rituals that directly related to the placating of, and defense from, evil spirits. It's pretty well established by historians at this point that the Druids even conducted human sacrifice at times in order to satisfy these evil spirits. The development of 
All Souls Day within the Roman Catholic tradition was also associated with this time of the year as it was switched from being a December 17th or October 1st commemoration of the souls in purgatory to a November 2nd commemoration instituted by the Cluniac and Benedictine monasteries in the 11th century and then established by Rome in the 13th century. Placing All Souls Day so near to October 31st also seemed very strategic, as it was a time to pray for the souls who were suffering in purgatory and had not yet been completely purified for their sins and thus could not yet enter heaven. Most cultural renditions of All Hallowtide, the three-day celebration, included the concept that the boundary between the living and the dead was thinned or opened to some extent. Thus, for instance, the Polish walked in the forest and prayed out loud for the souls of those in purgatory. And in Spain, England, and numerous other places in Europe, church bells were rung on October 31st in order to comfort the souls still in purgatory. You can see how these traditions seemed very closely related to the pagan belief that on the night of October 31st, something spiritually dark, powerful, and meaningful took place, and forces needed to be dealt with in some way, shape, or form. In short, my research led me to see the celebration of Halloween with its activities representing old pagan rituals and superstitions as unedifying and not worth my family's time. This conviction uh, was only has only been reinforced over the years since then, as Halloween has become increasingly sexualized and accompanied by a month full of horror films on TV. For many, it's essentially a season to celebrate fear, indulgence, and depravity. That said, I'm fully aware that for numerous Christians, Halloween has been nothing but fun and family-friendly. The idea of dressing up in, a fun, in fun costumes and taking kids around the neighborhood to ask for candy has, uh, has been a source of joy for many people. The countless church trunker treats and fall festivals have been a source of autumn fun and sometimes even a replacement for the more pagan trappings of normal Halloween celebrations. My wife and I have taken our kids to fall festivals over the years and that we believed were sufficiently disconnected from the traditions of Halloween. After all, there's nothing inherently wrong with dressing up as Captain America and, and winning candy at a ring toss contest. I'm not in any way saying that I don't think this is an issue of conscience or that there isn't any gray areas in relation to, to the celebration of Halloween. It's certainly not worth defriending people over in my in my book at least but my position especially after taking church history courses and learning about the reformation is that it is much more edifying and redemptive to celebrate the life of of martin luther and the reformation on october 31st than to mimic old pagan practices when the luther movie with joseph fines came out in, in 2003 that really reoriented all hallows eve for me it became reformation day for our family and we often watch uh, Luther as a family on that night. Ironically, it, it also gave me a greater appreciation for All Saints Day and the idea of celebrating the profoundly faithful Christians that have come before, laying the groundwork for so many of our own spiritual stories. Whether it's the transition from warmth to cold and the cultures of the Northern Hemisphere and the observation of death and disease that often accompanies this season, 
the spiritual significance that pagan religions and the church have assigned to October 31st, or my own experiences as a child dealing with the complexities of Halloween, there's something mysterious and interesting about this time of year. Maybe I appreciate the fact that it reminds us that our war, war isn't just flesh and blood, but rather, to quote Ephesians 6.12, against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, and against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Whatever your tradition on October 31st, I pray it's a safe and healthy one, and that you truly do recognize that there are great powers that want you stuck in a life of depravity and fear, and there is an even greater power that wants you free to honor your Creator with a life of faith, hope, and love. I appreciate you taking the time to listen to yet another episode of Thoughts from the Glen. Until next time, this is Jason Truett Glenn reminding you that we don't live in a world of